0: We're doing a little series on the anointing. And we've discovered this, that when the anointing comes upon you, it turns you into a completely other person. When the Spirit of the Lord came upon Samuel, he was turned into another person. When David came up against Goliath, he said, you come after me with a sword and a spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Don't you know, David was anointed that day. And Goliath came tumbling down. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus, for the anointing. Thank you for the individual anointing, which we all have on the inside of us when we get born again. And then thank God for the Spirit of the Lord that comes upon us in the infilling or the baptism in the Holy Ghost. Amen? So let's talk a little while longer about the anointing. I believe this, that the anointing is God on flesh doing things that flesh cannot do. In other words, it's God doing through people like us what we could never do in our own strength or on our own. I love this verse of Scripture in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7. It says this, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now I looked up that word treasure today. That word treasure means a deposit. A deposit that is wealth both literally and figuratively. This treasure, Thayer says it this way, it is the place in which good and precious things are collected and laid up. Hallelujah. And so I believe this, that our earthen vessels, my earthen vessels, our earthen vessels is His temple where His treasure resides. And He is our treasure. He is our gold. He is our silver. He is our all in all. It's not about us. It's not about what we have. Or where we have been, it's all about Him. He's our treasure. Amen? And in Him is the anointing. And because you are in Him and He is in you, we can be bold to declare, I am anointed of God. Amen? So this treasure is His presence. It is His anointing. The word Christ means anointed one. Now we've looked at Isaiah 10.27 before, but I want to look at this again. It says in Isaiah 10.27, And it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder, and his yoke from off thy neck, and the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? The anointing is burden removing, yoke destroying power. But I want you to notice this one phrase here. It says, the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. That word destroyed there means absolutely crushed. It means to be corrupted beyond use. In other words, it's no good for the devil's use anymore. And so Jesus stood up in the synagogue and he boldly declared, after those 40 days and 40 nights that he was tempted of the enemy, when he came out of the wilderness, the Bible says he returned in the power of the Spirit. And on that day, he opened the book and he began to read. And he said this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, Recovering of sight to the blind. To set at liberty them that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then notice what he said. And he began to say this unto them. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. So in other words, whoever would believe it. Whoever would press into it. Whoever had a need. The Spirit of the Lord was there, and the anointing was there to do what it does. Amen? Amen? But this anointing didn't end with Jesus. After he was crucified, right before he ascended into heaven, Jesus told his followers to wait in Jerusalem until they would be endued with power from on high. I wonder, is there anyone in the house tonight that has been endued with heavenly power? I wonder if there's anybody here tonight that has God's clothes on. Yeah. Hallelujah. That's what the anointing in. It's like a cloak. It's like being clothed with grace, being clothed with power, being clothed with presence. Amen. So just as the word Christ is not just another name for Jesus, but is defined as the anointed one, Christians then means more than just followers of Jesus. I'm looking at a congregation tonight that are filled with the anointing so we can call you the anointeds, Amen. The anointeds. So if you're in Christ, there's an anointing for everything that you'll ever face. No matter what you're called to do, no matter how great the task is, no matter what God tells you to do, and puts in your heart to do, there is an anointing for you to carry out the assignments of God. Amen. We cannot carry out the assignments of God without His anointing. Amen. Aren't you glad that we have the anointing? Amen. Therefore, we can say, like the Apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ, the anointed one, and His anointing which strengthens me. Amen. Say that with me I can. Amen. And I will will do all things through Through Christ, Christ. which strengthens me. me. Now, I know I'm preaching to the right crowd tonight. (laughs) Because I know every one of us in this place have come up against situations that we may have thought, man, this is hopeless. I'll never be able to do that. Well, we want to make sure that we do not talk ourselves out of the anointing. We never want to factor out the anointing of God in our lives. One man said it like this. He said, The anointing of the Spirit of God in your life can overcome every evil intention coming against you and not only deliver you fully, but also take that situation and turn it around to make something good come out of it. He went on to say this. So when you're controlled or confronted... By impossible circumstances in this world, you have a covenant right to expect the power of God in your life to work on your behalf. What are you saying to me tonight, Pastor Mark? I'm saying this. Factor in the power of God's word in your situation. Factor in the power of the Holy Spirit. Factor in the anointing and watch those circumstances change. So that's all by way of introduction tonight. Let's pray. I have a word tonight that I want to share with you that I believe will resonate deeply within your heart. Father, I thank you for the word of the Lord tonight. I thank you for speaking to our spirits concerning this next part. We glorify you tonight, and I believe that I receive the unction. I believe I receive the anointing to deliver this word just right, and I give you the glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm going to take a pull of water here. Amen. Everybody like water? I have a strong voice. My voice is strong. So then we need to learn more about how to yield to this corporate anointing. This corporate anointing. God in us, God upon us, and Him among us. Now, do you remember when Lazarus died, they called Jesus to come and to do something about it. And He came at what they thought was late, but how many of you know Jesus is never late? We serve an on-time God. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they said to Him was, You know, Master, he's been dead for three days, and surely he stinketh by now. But notice what Jesus said in John 11 and verse 40. Jesus said unto her, Said I not unto you, that if you would believe, that you would see the glory of God. I want you to notice the connection between believing and seeing. It's not seeing first, then believing. It's believing and then seeing. Had they seen it in Lazarus's sickness? Absolutely not. This sickness took Lazarus out. The works of the enemy do not glorify God. It is only the works of God that glorify God. Somebody said, well, how can I differentiate between works of God and the works of the enemy? Very simple, John 10.10. John 10.10 says this, that the thief, speaking of Satan, cometh not but for to what? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more redundantly. No, more abundantly. So the line is drawn there between the thief and Jesus. Was Lazarus blessed by that disease? Absolutely not. Was it the thief's weapon designed to take him out? Absolutely God got no glory out of his sickness and disease. No mention of it. But I tell you, when God did get the glory, God got the glory when Lazarus came out of the grave. Jesus walked up and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Someone said it's a good thing he said, Lazarus, otherwise everyone would have come out. So Lazarus came out. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you will believe, you will see for yourself the glory of God. Say with me, the works of God God. glorify God. God. And the works of God are being accomplished through this church. The works of God are being accomplished through your lives. Jesus said this. He said, He that believeth on me The works that I do, shall he that believeth on me do also. Do we have any believers that believeth on him? Amen. The works of God glorify God, and this is a church, and this is a people that believe in giving God some glory. Every time you witness to a person and they receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior, he gets the glory. Every time you encourage someone with a word in season, however that word may be delivered, God gets the glory. Amen. Amen. Every time you walk in the room. And darkness is dispelled. And depression is lifted off of your co-workers in the marketplace. That's a work of God. And he must get all the glory. Amen. Say it with me. The works of God glorify God. If you teach, you're doing the works of Jesus. If you preach, you're doing the works of Jesus. Isn't that good news? So don't sell yourself short. You is a believer. And you is glorifying God. Now listen to this statement. Believing and experiencing the glory and the corporate anointing, they are so connected. Let's say that again. Believing and experiencing the glory and the corporate anointing They are connected. Again, I'm going to say it. The carnal man wants to reverse that. Seeing is not believing. The psalmist said, I got so weary in my life, I would have fallen out. He said, I would have fainted unless I had believed. Come on, somebody. Unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now let's keep that verse up there. Goodness and glory are synonymous. And the psalmist said, I didn't faint because I believed. And a result of my believing, I saw. He didn't wait to see the goodness of God before he believed. No, he believed and then he saw the goodness of God. And I believe that this is a church that is believing to see the goodness of God every time we get together. I'm telling you folks, the glory and the corporate anointing can get so tangible in this, in this room. It can, it can become so tangible. To, now this is like a believers meeting tonight. And this is great and this is good. But I'm talking about when the corporate body is together. The power, the glory, and the anointing can get so strong in this place that it literally removes cancers, it dispels darkness, it takes addictions and places them where they belong, right in the pit of hell. And so who believe with me? Who, it, it always requires a remnant of people that will believe. A people that will intercede. A people that will pray. A people that will contend for the glory when it looks like nothing's happening. When it looks like America's gone down the tubes. When it looks like and it feels like Christianity, America as at a low, low, low level. But thank God there's a remnant in the earth today that will not settle for less than God's best. And we're one of them. I left the Bay Area 30 years ago if I didn't believe I'd have backed up that U-Haul a thousand times in my home in Union City if I had not believed to see the goodness of the Lord we've seen some of it but we're about to see more of it amen So let's get our faith out there and believe God. Amen. Now, this is a message here now where we really need to center in on what it is, a portion of what it is that will accommodate that. Now we know that praise and worship are huge and we understand that and that's a a huge part of it. But I want to look back at Genesis 25, and I want to take a look at Esau and Jacob for a few moments tonight. Is that all right with you? In Genesis 25 and in verse 29, it says Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was very weary, he was very faint. And Esau said to Jacob. Now remember this. Esau was the elder. Jacob was the younger. The birthright and the blessing always went to the who? Always went to the elder. But I want you to notice with me now that the elder was faint. And the elder was weary. Next verse. Verse 30. And Esau said to Jacob, Please feed me with that same red stew, for I'm weary. Therefore, his name was called Edom. But Jacob said, Sell me your birthright as of this day. I won't feed you unless you sell out. I won't feed you unless you give me what I desire. In verse 32. And Esau said, Look, I'm about to die here, Jake. (laughs) Now I want you to I want you to look at this phrase. So what is this birthright to me? What's this talk about all the glory? What's this talk about faith's confession? What good is it to be in church anyway? What's this birthright to me? In other words, he was saying, What good is it to me? In verse 33, Then Jacob said, Swear to me as of this day. How many of you know they didn't have paperwork back then? So he swore to him, and he sold his birthright to Jacob. We see here a very, very important point. Esau has no respect for the blessing. Esau has no value to where the blessing is concerned in his life. Verse 34. And Jacob gave Esau bread and a stew of lentils. That makes me think what Brenda's been cooking lately. And Jacob gave Esau bread and stew of lentils. Then he ate and drank and arose and went his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Esau Esau's failure, let's say it this way, was because he despised, listen, a precious gift given to him. Yes. Yes. How many of you know the glory is a precious gift? Yes. And the glory does not just show up in the midst of a bunch of casual Christians. Yes, I mean and stay and build a habitation I'm going to say it again Esau's failure was that he despised a precious gift to him but Jacob even though Jacob you know he, he was doing wrong and Jacob paid for it later he got deceived by old Laban didn't he know, about the time he thought he was about to take home the the bride of his life, he woke up one morning and it was Leah. He looked over and said, oh my goodness, it's Leah. Dick Brunel, years ago, and I don't know if this is true, so you can call him up. I'll give you his cell number later. But Dick said this, that the word Leah means old cow eyes. listen very carefully better let that lift a minute (laughs) so what are you saying pastor I'm saying this God gives his precious things to those who value them God gives his precious things to those who will reverence them I can remember back in the 70s when I had first gotten born again I got born again in a treatment center in March of 1975 and two weeks later I got out and got filled with the Holy Spirit and, and, uh, and then a man came from Rhema who had just graduated from the first class and, and brought to us the life changing word of God the gospel amen the good news And so I began to find out a whole lot about what Christ has done for me and who Christ is is in me and who I am in Christ. And it literally changed my life. See, before, and the reason why I got all messed up in life is because I didn't know who I was. I had no identity. But when I came into this... It changed me forever. But I can I can track it and I can remember, and I'm not building myself up. But I'm telling you, folks, I was hungry. And I'm as hungry today as I was in 75. I'm as hungry today as I was in 76. But it's like, are you kidding me? Me? This Catholic boy from South Minneapolis? who used to lie, cheat, and steal? This Catholic boy is now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? You've got to be kidding me. Do you mean I can stand in the presence of a holy God just as if sin never existed before? Are you kidding me? You mean I can put my head down on my pillow at night and sleep knowing that underneath me are His everlasting arms? Then I started hearing about I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed. I've been redeemed from spiritual death. I've been redeemed from poverty and lack. I've been redeemed from sickness and disease. I don't have to have any more down days. Depressions are a thing of the past. I've been redeemed. And this God, who is the author and finisher of my faith, literally put his faith in me so that when a mountain comes my way yeah. if I believe it and speak it and act on it I can have what I say Amen. <sighs> it was like saying sick him to a bulldog and just the renewal of my mind I couldn't really put together a straight thought for more than a minute at a time when I was in treatment I was so tormented. I was so on the brink of total insanity. But the word of the Lord is perfect. And it converts the soul. He restores our soul. Oh, hallelujah. And so not to toot my own horn, but to give Jesus the glory. It was a divine appointment, and it was like, "Okay, I value this. I value this word. I value it so much. I'm gonna pack up one suitcase. I didn't have nothing else. <laughs> Not a car, nothing. And I'm gonna go to Oklahoma. And in that little apartment downstairs, across from Rama." I didn't have a bed. I had a bedroll. And I had a pillow. But I had a tape recorder. I had a tape recorder. And so I would play that recorder. I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours. Finally, the lady, the manager of the apartment building said, You better go check on that guy downstairs. Brenda lived upstairs. You better go check on that boy. Something wrong with him. All I can hear is something shouting and preaching. Right, yeah. So she knocked on the door and I met my baby. Woo! <laughs> hey! Glory to God. I'm telling you, those baby blues from Pawnee, Oklahoma, just look right through me. My burden's been rolled away. Thank you, Lord. But here's, here's, here's what I want you to see there was value. It was precious, just like it is to, to you. And you see, what are you saying? I'm saying He knows who will value His presence. He knows when a church is serious about miracles. He knows who will value His anointed word i got a question for you tonight. I already know the answer, but I'd like to hear you talk back to me. Do you value his name? Yes. Do you value the blood? Yes. Do you value, value the authority of the believer? Yes. Well, i got a word from Jesus. Him that hath shall more be given. I want more. I want more of Him. I want more of His presence. I want more of His glory, not for me just so that I can feel good, but I want more of Him for other people. And in Mark 4, He says, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. You have proven to come out on a Wednesday night. You've got some ears to hear. Verse 24, And He said to them, Take heed what you hear, for with the measure you meet, it shall be measured to you, and unto you that hear shall more be given. For he that hath... to him shall be given he that hath not from him shall be taken even that which he hath so this is true with the anointing is it not and I believe that one of the words that God would say to us tonight is you've been faithful but remain to be faithful and part of this is you've got to avoid comparing yourself with somebody else You know, if I go to a minister's convention, you know, we've got hundreds of people and it's great, but there's always going to be a church bigger than our church. There's always going to be a preacher better than me. And if I get into this comparison trap, thinking that I'm less than I am in him because of what others are doing, it's a trap. So what does God require of us in our lives? He requires us simply to be faithful in other words stop thinking about to, what others have and appreciate what he's given you amen. but that's not the whole word the rest of the word is this be faithful and value what you have and then he will add to you Amen. I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that amen. if I could call my mom I would I'm going to say it again be faithful and value what you have and He will add to you. Amen. Every, every believer, when they get filled with the Holy Ghost, every believer has an anointing. I mean, every believer has a gift. But not all believers do something with it. And why in the world would He add something to a believer that's not doing anything with what He's already given them? Declare this with me. It's being added. It's being added to me. It's being added to our church. One thing that will help you to build your confidence in this anointing in you is by declaring regularly. And We've done it before. So raise your right hand toward the Lord and say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Let's keep saying it for a few moments. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Now say us. The Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Now say among us. The Spirit of the Lord is among us. Now say this, I am anointed, I am anointed. And, this and this anointing destroys yokes, destroys yokes. and removes burdens. And removes burdens. <laughs> those that do not respect this, and I kind of blow it off, I'm not saying anybody like that in our church, they won't have it, no. but those who do, they will rise to the top in life. Let's look at a couple other scriptures here. Look at Job 21, verse 14 and 15. Job 21, 14 and 15 says, Therefore they say unto God, Depart from us, for we do not desire the knowledge of your ways. Verse 15, Who is the Almighty that we should serve Him? And what profit do we have if we pray to him? These guys are in trouble. Yeah. In other words, what, what good is this? Huh? Look at Malachi three thirteen and 14. And we'll look at that in the Amplified. He says, your words have been strong and hard against me, says the Lord. Yet you say, what have we spoken against you? Well you've said it's useless to serve God. Wow. And what profit is it if we keep his ordinances and walk gloomily and as if in mourning apparel before the Lord of hosts? Yeah. You know what what, what, do you, what do you what do you what do you mean heart of the bay? What do you mean by having people repeat faiths confessions? Ooh. Why in the world would you spend 10, 15 minutes teaching on tithing before an offering? After all, most preachers, all they want to do is they just want to line their own pockets. These are attitudes that are not in this church, but these are attitudes that come from a spirit of religion. And we have to guard against it. And keep it at bay. <laughs> and the, here's a, here's another here's another area I think that's really really important for us to realize. Do you know that it's possible to get so casual with the things of the kingdom? Yeah. 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 Just getting you know real casual. Just everything is frivolous. Everything is light. Everything is frothy. No depth. No big deal. I'm telling you, folks, God's kingdom is a big deal. Yes. Amen. Come on. Yeah. When we reverence Him, we will see the glory in our bodies, yes. Amen. in our finances in our families if we will believe we will see the glory of God And so I have to look at my own life and I have to stir myself up you better believe I've got to stir myself up I've preached over maybe 6,000 times in my life and I've preached a few and I've preached to many I have learned not to be moved by what I see or what I don't see. I cannot afford it. I absolutely cannot afford it. Because if I don't go through the same process of preparation for the few, I will not, have, not only have the anointing for the few, but I will not have an anointing on me for the many. I can't be moved by things that I see and things that I perceive, and neither can you. So, from time to time then, I need to gird up the loins of my mind. Huh? I mean, be honest with me. Have you ever had an experience where it's time to go to church and you'd rather stay home? (laughs) Like maybe tonight? <laughs> like maybe ever, every other Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> so there comes a time of there comes a time of girding, a time of stirring our cells up, listen, for the sake of the anointing. For the sake of the kingdom of God. For the sake of things we have not yet seen the full manifestation yet in. But for the sake of that, we keep pressing on toward the mark. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. I think we ought to just take 10 seconds and give God some glory. Come on now. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory! hallelujah! We were down now uh, we were down in Florida one time, Brenda and I, and we were at Disneyland, and I think it was Fourth of July or something like that, and there was a big parade and and uh, we started having fellowship with a brother there, and he was a pastor and And nice guy and so forth. And so we got to talking about kind of where upbringing was. And I told him about a few people that had really been great mentors in my life. And he said, oh, you know, he said, I went to one of their seminars. I already have those notes. I already have those notes. I thought, oh, do you now? (laughs) So... Faith does not come by having heard, but it comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Amen? And you may come to church sometime and say, oh boy, is he preaching on that again? Oh, here's Pastor Tom singing that song again! Everybody doing all right? <laughs> Go ahead and laugh. It's all good. So I've had to have conversations with myself. And if it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. I've had to look myself in the mirror and say... You are going to church. (laughs) Because you is the preacher, boy. Get your blessed assurance out of bed. You are going to church. So I've had to have conversations with myself. And my wife's had to have conversations with herself. But here's the question. Can we, here in this room, can we come up in our honor for Him? Can, can we come up? Can we go higher? Don't, don't, don't get bummed out about who ain't going. I'm telling you, the ones that ain't gone, ain't been gone for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years, and they're not likely to go. So don't judge them, just love them. But as for you and your hacienda, we're moving on up. Amen. We're going up. Can we come up? I can come up. We can come up. And our honor for Him. The realization of who's in us, who's upon us, and who's among us. I know He's our daddy, daddy, and I I like all, you know, I don't mind the smoke, and I don't mind all the hype, and all that stuff. That's great. And, you know, I know that He'll come and hug us. But let us not forget... He is the one that keeps all the stars burning. He is the one that upholds all things by the power of His Word. So there's a time to, you know, be a little lighter. And you certainly can be too heavy. But I think somewhere in the middle is the balance. Amen. Let's look at Mark 6 in closing. Is this all right tonight? Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. And he went out from thence and came to his own country, and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many hearing him were astonished, saying, from whence has this man these things and what wisdom is this which is given to him that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands hey his brother works with my sister at the grocery store isn't this the carpenter's son the son of Mary the brother of James and Joseph don't let people in your hometown hold you back Don't let your past experiences they know about hold you down or hold you back. And are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. They got offended, their little spiritual feathers got ruffled. They were offended. I'm offended that you would teach on prosperity. I'm offended that you would say that God meets your needs. So, I better stop. They didn't receive him. What they said is, in essence, he's not anointed. So listen to this. So for them, he wasn't. Did you get that? So for them, he was not. But Jesus said unto him, A prophet is not without honor, but in his own country and among his own kin and in his own house. And the Bible says he could there, not that he wouldn't, it said he couldn't do any mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. And what did he do? He just kept moving, he kept pressing. He went round about the villages teaching. Let's all stand to our feet. Pastor Tom, if you'd come. Glory to God. Here's what the word of the Lord says. For them that will honor me, I will honor. Lift up your hands right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you tonight. We submit to your presence We come into subjection to the Father of Spirits. You said as we honor you that you would honor us. Lord, we thank you that you honor us with your presence. We know that reverence in valuing what you've done, what you are doing, and what you're about to do is a big key. A big key to the greater glory. A big key to greater anointing. Wherefore we receive in a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For God is a consuming fire. Let the fire fall upon us tonight. May we be filled afresh and anew with fresh fire and a fresh anointing from heaven. Let's worship for a few moments tonight.